songs that lift their spirits, singing and music is a very important part of the worship service. Uh, amen. And uh, it's uh, a lot of times people uh, think it's all about preaching, and, and uh, preaching is the main thing, but it all works together. And, uh, and I think sometimes good singing, good music, uh, sometimes it gets rid of the bad spirits and brings on the good spirit. According to you know, when the Bible had David to come, he just played. And uh, the Bible said the evil spirits would go off of Saul uh, when David would play. And uh, so uh, we appreciate good music today. All right, if you have your Bibles today, we want you to turn. Uh, if you've got a Schofield Bible, page 1281, 2 Timothy chapter 4 this morning. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to uh, reread some uh, verses we read last Sunday because we preached from this same chapter last Sunday, and uh, we want to try to bring what feel like the Lord would have us to bring this morning uh, from the Word of God today. We'll begin our reading in the very first verse of 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing." Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me, take Mark, bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Antichius have I sent to Ephesus, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according unto his works. Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Thank you. you. May be seated. Father, we come this morning. We thank you, Lord, for Lord this great crowd that Lord you've gathered into the building this morning. Thank you for the great singing, and thank you, Lord, this morning for a great Savior. I'm glad this morning, Father, that Lord you're my prophet. You let me know what's going to happen. I thank you, God, today that you're my priest. Lord, you pray for me. You're my preacher. Lord, you preach to me from this book. And Lord, I thank you. You're my pattern that, Lord, I can follow you in all things and know that it will always be correct and it will be right. And Lord, I thank you this morning that you're my promise. That Lord, you said I'll not leave you behind, but I'll come and gather you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. Oh, Lord, bless your word today. And, uh, Lord, we pray the Holy Spirit of God would, Lord, uh, season the thoughts today out of heaven. Lord, you know where people have come to today. You know where they've come from. You know where they're going. Lord, give them help today from the word of God. Lord, convict that one that, uh, Lord, is lost. And because of turning away Christ so many times, their heart has been hardened through the deceitfulness of sin but I pray the Lord would have mercy on them and find a tender place in their heart and touch them once again and save them. Lord, we pray for Jesus' sake. We ask it all. 
Amen and amen. All right. Uh, this is the last book written by the Apostle Paul. And uh, this is the last chapter in the last book written by the Apostle Paul. And uh, he wrote 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. And uh, when you study out those two books, you'll find some 29 people that Paul mentioned as he wrote these last two letters. Uh, some 29 people, some good and some are not so good. Uh, but these are people that Paul is thinking about as he pens and writes uh, this last letter, his last letter uh, to Timothy. And uh, last week we looked at four names mentioned in this letter, and we looked at Timothy, uh, who is mentioned uh, not only in the name of the letter, but he's mentioned there uh, where the Bible says, Do thy uh, he said, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. He's writing to Timothy, and so he's speaking about Timothy. He mentions Demas, and we looked at Demas, who's the black spot in the chapter, and Luke and John Mark. And we looked at these people uh, that Paul mentioned in the last part of his ministry. Uh, no one can be in the ministry very long that they won't find some, if not all, of the 29 people Paul mentioned somewhere in their ministry. No doubt uh, you may be one of them with a different name, but you may fulfill a part of them that Paul has mentioned here in his ministry. And uh, I want to look this morning at three others that Paul mentions here today in this letter and see if the Lord might have something to say to us. The Bible said there in 2 Timothy 4 and 12, and he said, Tychius have I sent to Ephesus. Now, Tychius is not a name that you would remember. Probably if I passed around papers and said write down who Tychius is, uh, you probably, most of you wouldn't have a clue of who he is. But Paul mentions him here, and he said, Tychius have I sent to Ephesus. No gospel bears his name like Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. There is no gospel of Tychius. Uh, uh, when we look here, we realize that his name is only mentioned five places uh, in the Word of God, and they don't tell us a whole lot. We find his name mentioned in Acts 20 and uh, verses 1 through 4, where the Bible said, And after the uproar was ceased, that Paul called unto him, the disciples and embraced them and departed to go unto Macedonia. And when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came unto Greece and there abode three months. And when the Jews laid wait for him as he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia and there accompanied him unto Asia. So far, Abria, the Thessalonians, and Articus, and Cetus, and Gaius, of Debra, and Timothy, and of Asia, Tychius, and Trotimus. So all he tells us there in that verse, he tells us that, that Tychius is with him there. Of course, in our own text that we read, he mentions him there, and Tychius have I sent to Ephesus. We find him uh, mentioned in Colossians in chapter 4, and uh, verse 7, he said, All my state shall Tychius declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful fellow servant in the Lord. He mentions him in Ephesians at the end of the letter. And he said, But that ye also may know my affairs and how I do, Tychius, a beloved brother and a faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known unto you all things. He mentions him in Titus at the end of the letter. And he said, When I shall send Artemis unto thee, or Tychius, be diligent to come unto me to Nicopolis, for I have determined there to winter. And so we find five places there that his name is mentioned. Now his name means Fortinuous, which is the root word of the word fortune. And it means to bring a, a herald or to bring good news. Like in Proverbs 25, 25. As cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country to them that hear it. Uh, and when we talk about Tychius this morning, uh, 
We're talking about Tychius, the mailman. We find out that what Tychius was to the Apostle Paul uh, was he was a mailman. Uh, he delivered all the letters around to the various and different churches uh, uh, where that Paul had been and Paul needed to send letters to them. And uh, you see, back in those days, uh, uh, there was good roads uh, and uh, there was a good royal postal service, if you will, uh, but it was only for the elite and those that handled the affairs of the state was who it was mainly for. And anybody else that wanted to send a letter somewhere, uh, uh, they would have to rely upon a traveler passing through that was maybe going where they wanted the letter to go, uh, or they would have to rely upon uh, someone like a friend that was coming by and they'd give that letter to a friend and say take it to somebody else. Now, nobody would ever be inspired to write a letter that there was no way to get it there. You wouldn't write a letter if you knew when you got through writing it you are just going to have to lay it down and uh, there'd be no way to get it there. Uh, and so Paul... Uh, He's writing some weighty letters, some important letters, some good letters. Uh, and uh, he has this man by the name of Tychius, uh, whose name means Fortunaeus, uh, which is the root word of fortune. Uh, and it was a good day in the life uh, of the Apostle Paul when Tychius came uh, uh, to be a part of his ministry. Amen. Uh, uh, you see, Tychius is the mailman. Uh, he's like your mailman. Uh, uh, you don't never think about Tychius. Uh, uh, you, don't, you don't stand around and talk about Tychius like you would Paul or Timothy or... Uh, or Matthew or Mark or Luke or John. Uh, uh, you won't hear a Sunday school lesson on it and hardly ever a sermon on it. Uh, uh, but you see, uh, Tychius is like your mailman. He's kind of, he's kind of invisible. Uh, uh, if I were to ask uh, probably 20 people to stand up now and name their mailman, you probably couldn't do it. Uh, uh it, you probably are so not familiar with your mailman uh, uh, that if he walked in the service today you might not be able to point him out and say that's my mailman. Uh, uh, of course I realize that they do a lot of changing nowadays. Used to you had the same one for 20 or 30 years. Amen. Uh, uh, but you don't think about the mailman. You don't get up on uh, Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. You don't get up uh, and say, I wonder what my mailman's doing today. Uh, uh, you don't get up and, and uh, think about your mailman. Uh, uh, no, he's invisible, really. He comes every day, but you don't think about it. Uh, and the only time you would think about it or miss your mailman would be if he didn't show up. Uh, uh, like he's supposed to be there at 10 o'clock and... By 12 o'clock, you're saying, I don't know where that mailman's at. Uh, uh, the mail's not here today. Uh, especially if you're expecting a check or something good in the mail. Amen. Uh, or if you've ordered something and you're expecting it to come, uh, you just don't usually think about the mailman. He is kind of an invisible type person. Uh, Antichius is kind of invisible when you come to the Scriptures. You just don't think that much about him. Uh, uh, but though he is invisible... Uh, he is not indispensable. Uh, in other words, uh, uh, he is not one that you could dispense of and get away with and not have no more, uh, uh, no more than the mailman of our day is. Uh, uh, it is somebody that is very, uh, very important, uh, uh, though they be kind of small. Amen. Uh, uh, it's, he's like the Bible talks about over in the book of uh, Corinthians 12. Uh, and Paul, uh, uh, the Bible there likens the body of Christ to a human body. And he talks about the eyes, the ears, uh, uh, the smelling and all that stuff. And down in verse 22, he says, Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. In other words, he said they're little, they're feeble, but they're necessary. They're, they're not dispensable. You can't get along without them. Amen. Makes it hard if you have to get along without them. And he said, Those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, 
But God had tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacketh. Uh, in other words, uh, Paul is saying uh, uh, that little insignificant uh, church member, that little insignificant person uh, uh, that you never think about, kind of like Tychius is, uh, uh, he says, uh, you don't realize how, how important he is uh, until he don't show up and he's not there. Amen. Uh, he said, it's like your body, you know. Uh, uh, you think about your arm, that's a big a big thing, your arm, your hands, uh, uh, your legs, your feet, uh, uh, that's a big part of your body. Uh, you know, you think about those things, uh, uh, but you normally don't walk around thinking about your eyelid, uh, or you don't go around thinking about uh, your tongue. The Bible said your tongue is a little member, the Bible said. Uh, uh, you don't go around talking about your mouth. It's, it's a little, well, for some people it's not so little, but... For most people, it's a little uh, member, amen. Uh, uh, you don't think about them hardly. Probably go through the day, don't think nothing about them. Uh, uh, but I want you to notice here uh, uh, that, boy, it'd be make hard to make it without your eyelids, wouldn't it? Amen. It'd be hard to get by without them. Uh, uh, it'd be hard to go to dinner today without your mouth, wouldn't it? Amen. Uh, uh, be hard to preach this morning, to teach, to communicate, to witness. Uh, uh, be hard to do uh, uh, without a tongue. Amen. Uh, and uh, and then you go on down, you got that big toe. Uh, you probably hadn't thought about your big toe in a long time unless you stumped it lately. You didn't think much about it. But you know, if you lose that big toe... Uh, they tell me that you lose the ability to balance yourself uh, and you like, won't be stable if you lose that. The point I'm trying to make is uh, that Tychius was a, a, a little member, if you will. Tychius didn't have what seemed to be a big part in the ministry of the Apostle Paul, uh, but he was someone Paul could not do without. Amen. Uh, the Bible said there in Colossians 4, where that we read there in Colossians 4 and verse 7, the Bible tells us some things about Tychius. And he said, All my state shall Tychius declare unto you, who is a beloved brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. Paul tells us three things there about Tychius. Uh, Paul says, number one, uh, he's in the family. Paul said he's a beloved brother of the Lord. Uh, did you know if somebody's been saved by the grace of God, uh, they have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of them. Uh, uh, they've been washed in the blood, uh, trusting Christ for salvation. Uh, uh, did you know you may not know them from Adam, uh, uh, but if you get around them long enough, uh, uh, there'll be a witness going on, uh, and your spirit will bear witness with their spirit uh, uh, that they're in the same family, uh, uh, that they've drunk from the same way you've drunk from. Amen. Uh, uh, they know the same Savior you know. Uh, and Paul comes down here to the end uh, and he's talking about Tychius uh, and he said, thank God he's one of the family. Amen. Uh, uh, when you look around today to those that are brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, uh, God could have used a lot of different terms uh, uh, for us to recognize each other. Uh, uh, but the Lord used a brother and a sister. The Lord calls Himself our Father. Uh, uh, he calls Jesus the elder brother. Uh, in other words, it's a family setting. Amen. Uh, uh, did you know that we are the family of God uh, if you're saved? Uh, uh, you say, what do families do? They love each other. They have a good time. They eat together. They fuss. They fight. But when it all comes down to it, it's family. Someone said blood's thicker than water and you'll find it to be true 99.9.9% of the time. Amen. Uh, uh, when it comes up to taking one side or the other, uh, uh, most of the time they'll side with the family member every time. Amen. Uh, uh, you might talk bad about them. You might say bad things about them. Uh, but you don't want nobody else to talk about them. You don't want nobody else to say bad things about them. Uh, and uh, what I'm saying here is that Paul said he's a beloved brother. Amen. Uh, uh, wouldn't it be good if all of God's church, all of God's saved people, all those that know 
the Lord. I, I, wouldn't it be good if we all really did love each other? Amen. Yeah, Not just in word, but in, in deed and in truth. I, I, wouldn't that make a wonderful world? Amen. I, and didn't Jesus say, by this, I, I, by this, all the world will know that you're my disciples because you love everybody. That's not what it said. It said because you love the brethren. And if you can't love your own brother whom you have seen, how can you love God who you have not seen? He's a family member, thank God. And then the Bible says there, he's a faithful minister. Amen. You don't, you don't see Tychius preaching at Pentecost. Uh, uh, you don't see him preaching at Ephesus or down at the Philippian jail. Uh, but the Bible said he was a faithful minister. Uh, did you know that it ain't just them big name ministers, those names in bright lights, uh, uh, those names that everybody knows. Uh, uh, that's not just the ones God looks at. Uh, uh, God looks at that little old preacher stuck way back in the hills somewhere with about 15 or 20 people, sheep he's trying to feed and take care of. Uh, and he's there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. He visits them in the hospital, preaches the funerals of their dead, uh, uh, marries their children, and, uh, and nobody ever knows who he is uh, but in God's eyes he is a faithful minister of the Lord amen uh, amen did you know a lot of the people that we esteem highly I won't call no names this morning but the Bible said that which is highly esteemed uh, is an abomination to God amen a lot of them big names that we highly esteem when God looks at them, judges them. Uh, one of these days, God said they're an abomination. Amen. Uh, uh, you see, Tychus is that one. Did you notice here in Colossians? Uh, did you notice that in the long list there in verses 7, seven through verse 15, did you notice that Tychus is the first one? You say, why? He that's last to be first. Now you don't always see him at the top of the list, but when Paul's writing this letter, the first one that comes to mind is Tychus. Amen. I, I believe with all my heart one day we'll all stand at the judgment seat of Christ uh, and there'll be some big name ministers and ministries uh, and uh, they're going to be down there at the front and the Lord say, if you don't mind, uh, I'll go back there in the back and when you get back there, tell that little old country preacher back there to come up here to the front uh, uh, because he that's last will be first. Uh, uh, the Bible said, Amen. And so he's a faithful minister. Amen. You say, how good could he preach? Don't matter. Did you know that more important than how good somebody can preach or teach or sing or do a lot of other things, more important than how good they can do it uh, is how faithful are they to be there. Amen. Uh, uh, you see, faithfulness is more uh, important uh, uh, than even the ability. Availability is more important than the ability. Amen. Uh, Paul said he's a faithful minister. Amen. Uh, then he tells you in that same verse, he said he's a fellow servant. In other words, he's right there in the work with Paul. You know what? We don't, we don't have any young preachers right now, but one of the things I've noticed about young preachers is all they want to do is preach. They don't want to go visit. They don't want to show up on visitation. Uh, they don't want to pray at the prayer meeting. But oh, let me preach. Like I said, we don't have no young ones around here, but around here, if you don't visit, you don't preach. If you don't pray, you don't preach. You say, why? Because the Bible said, He that's faithful over little, I'll make him master over much. Amen. Uh, uh, God don't reward people on what they would do. Uh, he rewards them on what they're going to do. Amen. Uh, uh, so I see Tychus here. Uh, and uh, you see, he don't seem very important. Uh, uh, here's the way that works. Uh, uh, most of the people that think they're important aren't. And most of the people that don't think they're very important, they are. 
They don't realize how important they are. They don't realize how important that little thing they're doing is. See, Tychius got a Tychius got a letter from Paul, and he's carrying that thing over to Ephesus. And they'll read it there, and some of them he'll take other places, and they'll read it there. And Tychius is the only link between Paul in prison and his churches. Pretty important. Antichius does not realize as he guards those letters from Paul the Apostle, he does not realize that he is literally carrying in his hand a page that is to be part of the Word of God. He doesn't realize how important that what he's doing really is. You think this morning, you say, well, I, I can't do much, Brother Rick. I just do a little bit. You may not know how important that little bit that you're doing really is. Amen. I, I, if you're faithful to do it and stay at it, thank God. I, and so we have Tychus there, and I won't take no more time into him, but Tychus is the mailman. I, he's the one that's taking the letters from one place to the other. He's the one that when they hear Paul's in prison, he brings them letters that Paul can encourage them and tell them what to do. He literally brings the message from Paul. Tychius. He says there in verse 14, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Now if Tychius is the mailman, Alexander the coppersmith is the malicious man. The Bible said, Paul said, he's done me much evil. Uh, when we look at Alexander, uh, listen, if Meticius is the mailman, and if Alexander, he is a malicious man, if God sent Tychius, uh, then the devil sent Alexander. Amen. Uh, and can I let you know that in every ministry, every church, uh, everywhere you go, uh, um, thank God most of the people is people that the Lord sends, uh, uh, but the devil is always sending somebody uh, uh, to try to hurt the work uh, uh, of God that's going on wherever it might be. Amen. We're not told too much about Alexander. He's really only mentioned a few places in the Bible. And then he's kind of a mystery, malicious man because we don't really know which one's him. We know that he's probably not Alexander, the father Rufus, uh, uh, that's connected with the bearing of the cross. And more likely, he is not him. Uh, uh, But we know over in the book of Acts chapter 19, we know that there's an Alexander mentioned over there. And uh, this Alexander that's mentioned over there in Acts 19, uh, it may or it may not be him. Good possibility it could have been him. But there in verse 23, they had a right. I think something just started going on in 2020. Amen. They've been having them for a long time. And the Bible said in that verse 23, at that same time, there arose no small stir about that way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Dinah. I won't bore you with all the long reading there, but uh, this, uh, this city here at Ephesus was the city of a false god named the great Dinah. Dinah. And uh, they made all kinds of trinkets. And uh, you see, wherever there is religion going on, uh, you'll always find little shops that are selling and making trinkets uh, uh, in whatever God that they're supposed to be uh, worshiping or making them of. Amen. I, I suppose they had little statues of Dinah. I suppose they had little incense things you could burn to Dinah. I'm supposed about anything you could think of they had. Amen. I, I, just like people make merchandise of the Lord Jesus. Amen. I, I, the Bible talks about that. But anyway, he's down there and Paul is preaching and Paul says there's only one God. <laughs> and that don't go good. When the one God is not Dinah. 
And one of the Demetrius there, he said, this ain't going to work. He said, he's telling people our God ain't real. He's preaching against these things. And, and so Paul said, they said, we got to stop these men. We got to stop them. We got we to gotta get rid of them. And it got worse and louder. And down in verse 33, the Bible said, And they drew Alexandria. There he is out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander beckoned with his hands and would have made defense unto the people. Here is a Jew. Uh, and he's rallying people against Paul. Uh, uh, because, first of all, he's a Jew. Uh, Paul is a Jew, but he's a converted Jew. Amen. Uh, uh, and all those that still hold to the old Jewish way, uh, they hate Paul. Amen. Uh, and so you see him there. And then uh, you look over there, if you will, in First uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. And the Bible said, Hold in faith and a good conscience, which some have put away concerning faith have made shipwreck of whom is Hypanaeus and Alexander. There he is, uh, whom I have delivered unto Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Amen. And then in our text here, we have uh, Alexander here. So who is this malicious man uh, that's spiteful, that's hostile, uh, uh, that's intending on harm on the Apostle Paul? Who is he? Uh, uh, well, uh, we don't know for sure. More than likely, somebody that at one time uh, uh, was following with Paul and turned away from Paul, kind of an apostasy, if you will. Uh, uh, here's a man named Alexander. We don't know a lot about him, but we know this. We know this. That he hurt Paul so bad that at the end of Paul's ministry, when Paul is thinking about people, he mentions Alexander the coppersmith. Amen. Did you know that you cannot be in ministry? Listen to me, you cannot be in ministry whether singing ministry or preaching ministry or teaching ministry or soul winning ministry or whatever ministry you might have, a nursing home, hospital, whatever it might be, you cannot be in ministry without running into some malicious people like Alexander. Amen. And if you're soft-skinned, if you can't take it, I wouldn't even think about getting in it. Amen. If you're going to be a preacher, a preacher's wife, if you're going to be a Sunday school teacher, if you're going to do much for God in the church uh, you better get you a, a hide like a rhinoceros amen uh, you say why because uh, uh, you cannot be in it uh, uh, without people being there that's malicious and intent on harming you and hurting you amen uh, thank God he mentions 29 there's only one Alexander amen but Paul is the apostle. Fourteen books of the Bible is ascribed to his name by most people. Paul is the one that was revealed seven mysteries by God that nobody else had ever had them revealed to him but the apostle Paul. Paul is one, a chosen vessel, chosen of God out of due time uh, uh, to be an apostle to the Gentiles. Uh, but, but... Paul still has feelings. Paul still has feelings. And Paul, though he acts like God, in uh, verse, uh, verse uh, 16, he's talking about Alexander the coppersmith, and he sounds like Jesus. He said, I pray God it may not be laid to their charge. He sounds like Jesus, but he's not quite like Jesus because Jesus would forget it completely. You say, why don't Paul forget it completely? He's not God. You see, God forgets your sins completely. Thank the Lord. Amen. I'm glad that God forgets our sins uh, and casts them behind His back and in the depths of the sea. Uh, I'm glad that God forgets my sins, uh, but I cannot forget my sins. Uh, 
Not yet. You say, why? I'm not God. You see, Paul, he says here in the Mamertine prison, writing the Word of God. Alexander hurt me. It's like a, it's like a bruise, you know, you think's gone. It's like this, like this, this arm here. I've been having trouble with it all year. And that elbow's been real sore. And I, somebody asked me the other day, said, how is it? I said, oh, it's good. It's about healed. And I got up that morning making some coffee and I went over to the refrigerator and opened the door and I hit that elbow right on the corner of that door. You said, you say an ugly word, nobody wrote three down. But I thought that was already healed. But I found out it wasn't. And Paul gets down here talking about people in his ministry. And the Apostle Paul says, And Alexander the coppersmith, uh, he did me much harm. There's a wound there. Somebody said sticks and stones may break your bones. What's the rest of it? That's a lie. They can hurt worse than sticks and stones. You say, what did Alexander say? I don't know what he said, but it must have been pretty bad. Paul's still talking about it. But you'll notice Paul here, he gives a warning to others. He says there in verse 15, He's writing this letter, going around different churches, and he says, Of whom be thou aware also? Paul said, I want to warn you about this man. Now, there ain't nothing wrong with warning somebody. You know, if somebody left this church and they was a gossip, and they went to another church across town, and I run into the pastor, and the pastor say, What what do you think about these people? Well, I might say, Well, they're good people. They just got a long tongue. They're gossip. Just watch them. They're gossip. There wouldn't be nothing sinful in that. I'd just be warning him of what problems that he might have because I had problems here. That's, that's what Paul is doing in this letter. He's warning them just like John warned in 1 John 3 and John warned them, said, watch, watch, uh, watch uh, Diotrephes. Uh, he loves to have a preeminent. See, he's, he's warning a little bit. But Paul has wisdom. You say, what do you mean? Paul said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Paul didn't say, I'm going to get him. I'll get that Alexander. You just wait and see. His day will come. I'll be laying for him. I'll be watching him. Paul was not like Bill Johnson, whose phone rung at 3 o'clock in the morning, and his neighbor John Smith said, Bill, your dog's barked all night. It's kept me up all night. He said, thank you. And hung up the phone. The next night at 3 a.m., he calls him. He says, Hello. He said, John, I don't have a dog. You say, what was he doing? He was looking for a way to get him back. Amen. He's looking for a way to get him back. You see, Paul used wisdom and he said, the Lord will take care of him. The Lord will take care of him. He will. The Lord said, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. This is a true story in our beloved state, Kentucky. There was a, a man, I'll just call him Louie. And Louie did a great favor to the state of Kentucky because Louie had a childhood friend that had grew up with him. 
and he loved him as, a, as we love our childhood friends, uh, but his friend named Sam wound up in the state penitentiary. And he would go visit him at times and talk to him at times and all like that. But Louis was also best friends with the newly elected governor. And when the governor got elected and got in there, he went down, Louis went down to see the governor and he said, you told me I, that if I ever needed a favor, if I ever needed anything, just let you know and how the state of Kentucky could help me and you'd do it. He said, yes, I told you that and I remember that. He said, well, he said, I've got a friend named Sam. I, he said he's in the penitentiary uh, uh, for an awful crime. Uh, uh, but he said, I'd like for you to give him a full pardon. If you would. And the governor said, All right. He's thought about it a while. And he said, All right. He said, I'll give Sam a full pardon on one condition. He said, What's that? He said, I'll give you the pardon. It'll be in your hand. You take it to the warden. But he said, You've got to spend two hours with him all alone before you tell him about the pardon before you leave him, let him know you got it. He said, far enough. He went over to the state penitentiary. They brought Sam into the room with Louie and for, and for two hours they talked uh, about old times and this, that, and the other. And finally Louis said, Sam, uh, he said, I want you when you get out of here, I've got you a position in my plant. Uh, I want you to come work for me. I want you to come and, and be one of my employees. Uh, and I already got it all set up. As soon as you get out of here, uh, you'll be at work for me. And when he said that, Sam uh, looked troubled and he walked around for a while uh, and uh, he went this way and that way uh, and finally he said, Louie, uh, I can't do that. He said, why? He said, because, uh, he said, I've got something I've got to do as soon as I get out of prison. I've got something I've got to do. Uh, he said, I've got to go uh, to the two people that witnessed against me. I've got to go to them uh, and I've got to go to the judge that sentenced me uh, and I'm going to kill all three of them with my bare hands. And Louis just stuck the pardon back in his pocket and said, well, it's good business when you went out the way. The moral of that story is this. The vengeance you're holding on to may be the very thing that keeps you from going free. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Leave it in God's hands. He knows how hard to hit them. He knows how light to hit them. He knows where it hurts to hit them. Leave it in God's hands. Amen. Alexander was a malicious man. Look in verse 17. Paul says in verse 16 there, at my first answer, no man stood with me. They all forsook me. Verse 17, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me. Now, Tychius was Paul's mailman, and he was. And if Alexander was Paul's malicious man, and he was, then the Lord is Paul's main man. Paul said, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me. Amen. I, I'm glad to know uh, uh, that if you and I will follow on and know the Lord, uh, if we'll listen to the Lord, uh, I'm glad that we can come down to the end of the way. I'm glad that we can find the end of our travels uh, and we can say there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about my troubles. Amen. I, I'm glad. Listen, I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank God for Luke. Thank God for Timothy. But I'm glad there's a main man. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. 
name is the Lord. See, Paul said, no man stood with me. Probably what he's talking about there is this trial. And Alexander the coppersmith come and said malicious things against Paul, a witness against Paul, hurt Paul. And nobody's there in Paul's defense. Nobody showed up. But Paul said, the Lord stood with me. Amen. Aren't you glad that when you know the Lord that you never have to stand alone? Amen. The Lord will stand with you. I'm glad for that. You see, the Lord was Paul's main man. He was Paul's main friend. Paul had a lot of friends, but the Lord was Paul's faithful friend. Amen. The Bible said over in Proverbs 17, uh, the Bible says over there, Proverbs 17 and verse number 17, the Bible says, A friend loveth at all times. Alexander may have loved Paul at one time. Demas may have loved Paul at one time. But somewhere they got crossed on it. Man, I've never been genuine. But answer this question for me. Do you think there was ever a time the Lord didn't love Paul? Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril of the sword for it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we're counted as sheep for the slaughter nay in all these things we're more than conquerors through him and I'm persuaded neither death nor life nor principalities nor powers nor angels nor, nor, nor height nor death nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad that there is a main friend that though all the world turn against you, he'll love you at all times. The Bible said in Proverbs 17, 24, it said a brother, uh, there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And a brother's born for adversity. So what's that mean? Well, the way I take that, a brother is born for adversity, not to cause you adversity, but to stand with you during adversity. Brother's born for adversity. Thank God for that. But aren't you glad that there is a brother that sticketh that there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother? There's a friend that is born for adversity. When you have trouble, he'll be right there. Amen. Amen. And then Paul says, and he strengthened me. You do it, won't you, Mark? If you've been through deep waters and dark valleys, and you're a Christian, you've probably had the experience of the Lord just strengthening you. You don't know where it comes from. It just out of nowhere the Lord just strengthens you. You see, He is a faithful friend, but He is a friend of favor. He can help you when you need help. He knows how to help you. Amen. Look at verse 18. Let's just read all verse 17. Now was standing the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching may be fully known and that all Gentiles might hear. I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. You say, preacher, they're fixing to cut his head off. That's his delivery. Sometimes death is a deliverance from cancer, heart attack, diabetes, life support, COVID. Sometimes death is a deliverance from this world. Deliverance is not always you getting better. Look here. And will preserve me unto His heavenly kingdom. 
He not only is the Paul's main man, the faithful friend, the friend of favor, but he is a future friend. He said, He will preserve me unto that heavenly kingdom. Amen. I, I've had folks down here say, Brother Rick, I'm your friend. I believe them. I, they say, I'm your friend. I'll go with you all the way to the end. And I believe every word of it. Uh, uh, but I've got one that'll go with me to the end and on through the valley and over to the other side. Thank God. Uh, I'm glad that He is the main man. The main man. I'm glad I know Him this morning. I'm glad I've got friends like Timothy and Luke and John Mark and Tychius, but I'm glad I know the Lord. And if I didn't know Him this morning, I'd be trying to let the Holy Spirit introduce me to Him. And I'd get saved this morning. Because you may never be in a Mamertine prison, but one day you may be in a nursing home, an ICU unit, a hospital. And it may be like it is right now. They won't let your mama in. They won't let your daddy in. They won't let your friend in. won't let your wife in. won't let your kids in. But guess who gets in? The Lord stood by me. Amen. You need somebody like that. And if you got somebody like that, well, that, I don't know about you, that makes me want to get down and say, Thank you, Lord! Amen. Thank you, Lord! Amen. For being my main man. Yeah. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for all these little old things hid there in the Bible.